Hello and welcome everyone to episode number 16 of the Completed Podcast where we talk everything Magic the Gathering related with a focus on competitive magic and some friendly banter along the way. Hope everyone's had an awesome week and today I have fellow co-host Brandon Smith aka B-Money. How you doing today man? What up dude? How are you? I'm good man. I'm good. So how's your week been man? Uh, well, it is Monday, so I would say that uh, it's been okay so far, I guess. Work's been uh, kind of picking up, so been, I was kind of busy all day today, but um, you know, hopefully the rest of the week isn't as crazy as today was. Usually Mondays are like crazy. I don't know why. It's just like the natural, like the stars align on Mondays or something. I don't know. It's a cycle of life, man. You have a nice little weekend and then... <laughs> You just get hammered on Mondays. We have a submittal yeah. going out on Friday, so I've been super busy too, but that's nothing new. Yeah, it's just uh, – it's, it's so weird that nowadays, like, the world all agrees that Mondays are the worst, you know? Yeah. Like, it's Mondays. either Mondays or, like, Thursdays because, like – It's so I close feel... to the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> shit like, drags, bro. You just get, like – you you get like uh, I guess what's the term for it? It would be like fatigue. You get teased. Yeah, oh, you get teased yeah, on yeah. like Thursday afternoon, especially if it like feels like a Friday. Oh yeah, man, that's the like... worst when you're like, man, today really feels like a Friday. <laughs> and you, you just realize get off... you have a whole nother day. I know. You just want to get off work, drink a brewski, and you're like, oh, I gotta work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or you can just do that anyways, cause you know, an adult. That is true. true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! So we both had a, we both had events this weekend. Um, Yeah. I will. I guess I want to go first because your event was much larger and. um, That's fair. Probably uh, more in depth stuff happened. Um, So this past weekend I had an RCQ at Top Tier. Um, Where where is Top Tier? Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Okay, gotcha, okay, okay. Yep, yep. So, you know, the around Wednesday or Tuesday, I kind of locked in on Burroughs Convoke. Me and B1 were like, yeah, fuck it, let, let's jam it. And uh, on the way up there, <laughs> I got convinced to play Blue-White Control. Um, which, no. honestly, yeah. You? Me? <laughs> you got convinced to play Blue White Control? Someone Look. held a gun to your head and forced you to play Blue White? Hey, nobody That's forced crazy. me. Nobody forced me. They just, uh, they softened me up with, with their sweet words. Um, so, I want to kind of understand how that conversation went. Did they Were they just like, you should play Blue White because X, Y, and Z? Or were they just like, why are you play, trying to play Boros Convoke when you play Blue White all the time? Uh... I'd say it was, like, a little bit of, of both. It was more of, like, uh, you know, Cameron being like, yo, like, you're good at control. Why not just play control? And Xavier being like, dog, you got no reps with this shit. <laughs> Bro, he always says that. But I don't, I'm kidding, I don't know if that's, that's true. No, no he, he, Xavier do be saying that all the time. Oh, you got no reps with whatever. He's, just like, like, he's just like, look, I'm trying to give you, in, in, all, in all seriousness, all jokes aside, he did say, like, I'm just trying to give you realistic expectations of the deck, you know? And he's like, you also have no reps with it, which is true. Um, so he kind of showed me his blue-white list. I liked it. Um, I also oh, messaged Tanner. Did you Tanner. play his list? I, I played his list, yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. And um, I messaged Tanner, 
And I'm like, yo, uh, Boris Convoker Blue White in that room. Like, what do you think? He was like, honestly, uh, your Boros Convocalist isn't playing Burning Tree Emissary, which I think is a mistake. Um, he's like, your I deck's... also thought it was a mistake. I agree. And he's like, your your deck is just not as explosive as it needs to be if you're going to be playing this deck. You're kind of losing points there. And yeah. I think that was that was the main thing that kind of pushed me over. I'm like, yeah, I'm not I'm not playing the Burning Tree package, so I'm just playing like a less explosive deck that's that's softer to like the type of cards that beat me like temporary lockdown and shit like that um because usually if you can go like burning tree burning tree bushwhacker hit them for a shit ton then they're kind of low enough where you can get some wiggle room but if i'm taking like turns two and three to like convoke out a creature and then they just play temporary lockdown i'm just or any type of word wipe honestly i'm kind of out of the game um so that, that was the main reason. Um, it wasn't necessarily, like, Cameron or Xavier pushing me. It was just the fact that I'm like, yeah, I'm not playing the most explosive version of this deck, so I'm just going to play what I know. Yeah. How, what was your matchup spread? Uh, so round one I played against the slowest Grease Fang player, like, I think I've ever played against. Um, so we ended up drawing... He won game one. He, he just drew had with it. a Grease Fang player? I drew with a Grease Fang player. So, like, we How's drew... That's not even possible. Yeah, it, it was crazy. Game one, he had it. So, he just, like, turned four to me, hit me for, like, 15 or whatever, however much damage it is. Um, 13, but yeah. 13. Whatever. I mean, it just stabilized some. <laughs> uh, ended up dying, I think... It was a Chariot. I ended up dying to Chariot, like, with, like, 30 minutes left on the clock. Um, Jesus. We go to game two uh i stabilize i just go i curb out on him um he tends to i have rest in peace and play on turn two he doesn't have the answer for it um i just slam it to fairy then i slam an elspeth um so it kind of just goes well from there I, I end up killing him with like a dream crawler i think and then game three um i have a shark uh god damn it what's a shit called shark token no 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 the the actual enchantment's name oh oh shark typhoon yeah i had a shark typhoon in play okay um had an elspeth had it to fairy i i was locked to win the game um but uh i ended up drawing with him um and of course i mean i'm not gonna ask the guy to concede it's like round one or whatever yeah um so whatever we drew round two um what did i play against round two damn now i'm blinking i wasn't mono green i played mono green round five um i think it was spirits spirits was pretty straightforward like that was just they played their stuff um somehow i actually think that matchup's actually not very good for us because they get to play oh. on our turn I don't um, think so either. I think their their counter spells line up really well with what you're doing. I think I just got very lucky. Um, I had Dovin's Vetoes when I needed them, so that mm -hmm. that really helps out a lot whenever they go for like Gaslight Snares. Um, I also didn't get hit by a single Curious Obsession, so that also helps That's out also a lot. Good. That also helps a lot. Um, <laughs> round three, I played against. Wasn't Creativity. Um. Oh, it was the uh, 
the the Lotus Field deck, the Control Lotus Field oh, okay. deck. Gotcha. Um, so we played game one, and he did the thing, and uh, we were talking about it in between while we were sideboarding. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't, I don't think this matchup is very good for me, because um, they're also a control deck, but they get access to more mana, and they get to end my turn during my upkeep. Yeah. Um. So they kind of force me to spend my mana on my turn, um. Which, which you know, tradition, traditionally, I don't want to do, right? Yeah. Um, so I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm favored in this matchup. I'm like, I, I really can't play like the control plane against you very well. And he's like, no, yeah, yeah, I kind of agree. A uh, very nice guy. Uh, I forgot his name though. Um. So we go to game two, and my whole game plan for that was to become more of a tempo deck than a than a control deck. So I just brought in every creature that I had in the sideboard. Um, brought in Burmaz, brought in Dream Trawler, uh, brought in Hallbreaker Horror, just all the creatures I can think of. In game two, I just go Burmaz on three. Um. And he main phases a memory deluge, I count it, and I just start beating in. I end up resolving an Elspeth, start ticking it up. Uh, they just concede on the spot. Uh, and game three went pretty similarly, except uh, they got stuck on four lands, and they had to keep. They 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 basically cast three deluges, which I managed to counter, but. I'm not entirely sure why they were doing it on their turn. I guess they were just trying to hit their land drops. But, um, I don't know. They went, like, cast Memory Deluge on my turn. I counted it. Goes to my turn. Uh, you know, attack, do my thing, pass. They draw. They cast it again on their turn. I counter it again. That, that basically happened for three turns in a row. That's and, crazy. And I'm pretty sure that he had a, he had to have at least two of them in his hand. Um, yeah. So I don't know if it's, I don't know if the play pattern was to do it on my turn so that then they could untap and for sure resolve one of their memory deluges. Um, which I'm, I'm not entirely sure. It's just, it was a little bit weird. And they also had a strict proctor in play for, I think like four or five turns. They just, they never had the Lotus Field. Um, mm. So I think I got fairly lucky there too. Um, yeah. But honestly, I don't think that matchup's um. I don't think that matchup's really good for just straight up blue white control. I think yeah, I got very lucky to win those. Um. And then I ended up playing against Mono Green, or no, I played against uh, Ben Hines on uh, Esper Legends Grease Fang. Yeah, I said yeah, I said what I said. It's Esper Legends. <laughs> it's Esper Legends Grease Fang. They play Rona. Uh, they play Grease Fang. They play Shieldred. Um, and uh, I think I saw him playing this in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, it, the deck's pretty good against blue white, like Plaza of Heroes. Like, yeah, I, I could not beat that card because I he would resolve Shieldred, um, and then if Shieldred just stuck, like I could literally never board wipe it. Um, I had settled in the main. I just never saw it. Um, but no, I think that deck's fairly, fairly good against us. Oh, Thalia, that's what killed me on game three. He just went Thalia on two, and then Shieldred on four, and I was just like, oh god, I'm fucking dead. Yeah. And it was true. Um, I cast <laughs> Verdict, hoping that he didn't activate his Plaza, but, um, he had eyes, so, you know, he just... Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> he just did it. Um, and then my win in and I lost to Mono Green, and... Oh, really? Ooh. 
<laughs> I hate losing a mono green. See, That's like, fair. I know the matchup's really not that bad. It's just if they have it, they have it, right? Yeah. And uh, I brought in all my lockdowns for game two. And, of course, the hand where I do have temporary lockdown, they have no dorks. So they just played, like, the slow, grindy game. Um, and it was good enough. I mean, they got there. Um, but, yeah, overall, ended up 2-1, two, two, I think. Um, if I had beat Mono Green, I was in for sure for top eight. But um, overall, not terrible. It was it was a pretty yeah. good tournament. I enjoyed it. So, what was your final record before? I guess at the end of Swiss. At the end of Swiss, it was two two one. Two two one. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, did you regret not playing Boris Convoke? No, I can't say I did. Oh, damn it! I was hoping you'd say yes. Yeah. No, not at all. I think uh, I did regret it when I was playing against Mono Green, but I'm like, actually, I mean, I think. What? Okay, L let me let me take that back. It's do I regret playing Blue White? No, but do I think Convoke was better in that room? Yes, because I think we run over Mono Green. I think we run over Spirits. I think we Grease Fang's the only one that I think we actually hard lose. Um, I don't know about that, but. You don't think so with the um? um I mean, if but I don't know if you're playing loyalists or not. If you're playing loyalists, no loyalists. Yeah, no okay. loyalists. Well, yeah. if you're not playing loyalists, then the matchup's a little bit harder. But I think if you have loyalists, you're a little bit better off because all their creature tokens that they make, you, they can't block because loyalists. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, loyalists doesn't let creature tokens block, so. It's just like infinitely better for you if they're if you're playing Legion Loyalist. Yeah, that's why played, if I ever yeah. played Convoke, I would definitely play Legion Loyalist. Like, there's no question. Yeah, like it would just be a three of in the deck because it's just so good against so many things. That's right. Um, yeah, and like there's a lot of times where you see Mono Green like go and like try and get, um, you know, they'll try and like make multiple lockers. Like they'll go get Chariot out of the board or something to like just mitigate some damage. And then you just have loyalists to just basically say, hey, these cats can't block. And then they have to crew. And then it's just like they have one four four now. And you usually can just go wide enough to where that doesn't really matter. For sure. So, yeah. Yeah. So that was, um, well, yeah, that's, it's a pretty rough room. I, I don't know. I, I heard there was a lot of like a decent size of, uh, amount of mono green in the room. There were, yeah. If so. I'm not mistaken, there were five mono green decks in there. That makes sense. Um, which was my main concern going into the room, playing blue-white realistically, but I only played it once, so I can't necessarily complain too much. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. But, um, oh yeah, and the I think the main reason why I did end up drawing with the Greasefang player, I forgot to mention this, was the fact that they had Soren in play and just a shit ton of cat tokens. Um, uh, Vengeful Bloodlord? Yeah, the one that gives the... all your creatures lifelink. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they just kept gaining a bunch of life. Oh, yeah. Seems rough. And they're not going to concede to Teferi Emblem Especially either. Especially if you're not playing Settle the Wreckage, baby. I am. Kobe. Oh, you are? Yeah. Playing oh, one of the main ones on the side. Ugh. You didn't even cast it? Wow. Yeah. yeah. The, no, they were, they were on blocking player. duty. Oh. They're on blocking duty. Um, but yeah, and they're not going to concede to Teferi like, in turns, so... Yeah, I mean, unless you just start drawing a bunch of cards. Fair. 
mean, I have to kill them by the life total though, because they can That's literally true. just sit there and just be like, okay, yeah, I have no permanents. My turn, okay, turn five, pass the turn. Yeah, I get that too. I don't know what the scenario was exactly, but I've seen somebody do it. Oh, I believe it. Uh, believe they just it. made a giant shark and then drew as many cards as possible. Hell and yes. they exiled all the threats to get out of the way of the giant shark. Gotcha. I think the shark was like an 8-8. Eight eight. So it was like, you know, two-turn clock or whatever. That's fair. Makes sense. It's just when your opponent's at 36 because they've been blocking with cats and chariots. Ooh. And... Ooh. Yeah. That's fair. That's pretty brutal. Um, That's pretty brutal. My um, opponent was hellbent. I had a dream trawler. Like, I was I was big chilling. Um, it was just unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I think my event was pretty solid. It was well ran. No complaints on my end. What about you? Give me your tea. What event did you go to? So I went and attended NRG St. Louis. Um, I played with uh, some two teammates, um, two friends, one being a local guy here in Nashville. Uh, his name's Austin Walker. He's a L1 here in Nashville. He usually is the judge at all of the RCQs that I go to pretty much. Uh, not all of them, but, um, all the local, local ones anyways. Um, and, uh, my, he was playing Pioneer, um, and then my legacy player was my boy Jonathan Johnson, uh, flew all the way out from Portland, old Portland, Oregon, to, uh, play in energy with me, uh, because they also had a 5k on Sunday for legacy, and Shout he was out. playing that as well. Uh, so... Yeah, um, the our matchup. So we we just we obviously played like kind of like our comfort zone, I guess you could say, deck wise. Mm -hmm. um, what were you on? I I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Okay, uh, the okay. uh, <laughs> uh, so our because I'm gonna give like a grand entrance. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so our pioneer player was on red black. Um, he was on red black midrange. He's basically qualified for every single RC with red black. So he plays the deck kind of he like plays the deck like a surgeon, honestly. Like just very very methodical in everything that he does. Knows the matchups inside and out. Knows what he has to do in each matchup. So he's just definitely like a comfort pick for him. Um, and then okay. John Jonathan on legacy played blue red Delver. Uh, that's also a comfort pick for him. And we kind of talked sideboard the night before. Um, and obviously, in a couple weeks leading up to it, um, we were all kind of testing. We all kind of uh, just left it up to each other, in a sense. Uh, I mean, me and Jonathan were the, really the only people that really knew Legacy. Uh, I mean, uh, Austin didn't really doesn't really play Legacy that much. Um, so uh, it definitely was clutch having me in the modern seat as well, just because... I kind of know all three formats, um, and I definitely know Legacy better than uh, Austin did. But uh, I ended up playing the best deck in the format. Um, oh, that is Amulet Titan. Ooh. Uh, I have figured out a build that uh, post One Ring I really really like. Um, the deck is in a spot right now. I think that there's only a couple cards that I might change here or there. Um, 
I played a different list than I normally do. Like I didn't play any of uses this weekend. Um, I also played three copies of the One Ring, and I played a little bit of weird, a couple weird cards in the main. Um, I played a Haywire Might in the main. Um, that was basically to try and get people's One Rings and uh, Leyline Bindings and Dress Downs, um, things like that that really hit Titan really hard. Yeah, and um, you can get that with Urza Saga, right? Correct. Yeah, you can nice, get it. Nice. You can grab it with a Saga. So it's it's a very good utility card to play. Um, it was more of a meta call than anything else. I figured there would be a lot of like four color Omnath decks, um, but uh, I ended up going. Uh, I think it either six one or five two personally. Uh, I think it might have been five two. Personally, I didn't get to finish one of the matches. So, and it was one one. We were in game three. Uh, both my teammates had already lost, so there was really no point for us to continue, you know, basically play it out. But um, I think I might have won the match. It was really close, uh, so who knows uh, whether I would have won it or not. Uh, I was kind of in the lead during the game when I kind of got tapped on the shoulder and said we're we lost. So <laughs> it was uh, a little different, but gotcha. Um, the first two rounds we get basically paired against our nightmare matchups. Like across the board, like the worst matchups we want to play against. Um, Pioneer player gets paired against Mono Green. And this is a nightmare matchup for him. Um, Legacy player gets paired against Mono Black combo. Uh, basically, the worst uh, thing for him because he's playing Delver and his opponent has four main deck Leyline of Leyline of the Voids, which is like not good for the Delirium deck, um, like the DRC deck. Uh, and round one, I played against Grixis Death Shadow, which um, when they're playing like main deck dress downs and Orcish Bowmasters for my one ring and, um, you know, just a plethora of of good spells against me, uh, like subtlety and stuff like that, um, you know, they can usually kind of stick a Death Shadow at a decent life total or at a decent power. Uh, and then just kind of protect it until the end of the game. Yeah. Um, so uh, game one, I did win. Uh, I cast a Cultivator Colossus with zero lands in play and ended up putting 13 lands in play with double amulet. Vomit. And so oh I just God. I just sent the sent the Cultivator Colossus to the graveyard, put 13 lands in a play. Uh, I put 12 lands in a play, drew 13 cards, and then uh, untapped and basically cast double Titan uh, and won the game. And then uh, game two, he ended up winning. He cast a really, a really, really perfect dress down that I didn't really have the opportunity to play around, but um, you know, I, I kind of had to play into it. Um, and unfortunately, it lost me the game because I could not pay for my pact. But I didn't really have another route to that, so um, you know, it was just basically go for it and hope that he didn't have it, or you know, basically delay the inevitable of me just losing to a death shadow. And then uh, round two. I played against four color Omnath, which was the deck that I was expecting to see. Um, Wait, like wh deck... wh when you say you're expecting to see it, do you mean like the most represented deck in the room? Yeah, I figured that four color Omnath would be the most represented modern deck in the room, okay. uh, just because I think it is the best Wandering Shell uh, for the format. And if if you know we had a little bit more time, maybe there might have been more copies of it. I mean, there was a lot of copies of it. I think it was the most played deck in the room. 
um, per like the metagame breakdown, I believe. But um, I only ran into it once. So, um, and I just got buried under the one ring in game three. I did have a really cool game one. I killed him on turn two, um, which was sweet. Uh, <laughs> anytime you can just turn two, kill somebody with Titan, uh, it's it's pretty gas. Um, yeah, so that was good. Um, and then also our Ractus player got paired against Mono Green again. And then our uh, Legacy player got paired against... Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Legacy player got paired... Oh, Legacy player won. He got paired against 8-cast. Um, so it wasn't too bad. Okay. Um, yeah, and then round three, I played against... Uh, I played against creativity which i didn't expect to see at all because the one ring just is really good against creativity um i won't really get into the other matchups i'm pretty sure i know them all but i'm just gonna talk about modern the um so yeah i get paired against creativity i have a really cool game three uh my teammates had already won the match and i played it out with the creativity player <laughs> had a really sweet play where he he creativityed for uh uh sarah's emissary and then I cast Phyrexian Metamorph after he Sarah's Emissary and named lands. Uh, I, I then copied the Sarah's Emissary and named creatures. Uh, so then they... I just attacked him and killed him with an Emissary. How did they beat uh, so... that? Do they have an uh, out to that? <laughs> they have an out because Phyrexian Metamorph is an artifact. So like, like they something? have like Prismari Command oh, yep, yep. Um, or like something like that. Something to that effect. I'm assuming that they might have had maybe wear and tears or something in their deck. Um, I don't know. They had to have some artifact hate. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they had definitely a way out. Um, okay. But I definitely copied uh, the Sarah's Emissary, and it was really sweet because uh, my opponent did not see it coming. <laughs> um, God, that's so gross. <laughs> yeah. You're playing one of the main one on the side, right? Yeah, I was playing one of the main one on the side. Um, that card was insane all weekend, by the way. That, that card is going to be a mainstay in my 75 for a while. Hey, shout out to Metamorph, baby. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did wear my jersey all weekend, too, so that was cool. Um, then round four, I played against uh, Living End. Uh, no, round four, I played against Rhinos. Yeah, round four, I played against Rhinos. I 2-0'd them very easily. I just... Basically, I, I think both games, both game one and two, I had triple amulet in play, and they just Ooh. couldn't deal with it. Um, so, aside from me having, like, the nuts, right, um, how do you think that matchup goes? Do you think um, the Rhinos player is favored, or? I think the Rhinos player has to play to basically have uh, Brazen Borrower in their hand, like, basically at all times. Or They don't play subtlety, right, or do they? Um, they don't play subtlety in the main. I think sometimes they play it in the side, but really they don't really play it in the main. Um, game ones, they really only they can either like ice down my titans and buy time, or they can brazen borrow my titans and buy time. But other than that, they really don't have a way to deal with what I'm doing. Um, and then after game ones, they have multiple blood moons and magus of the moons, and then also multiple force of vigors. So. It's just a matter of like me playing around those cards preemptively and hoping that they don't just have Blood Moon on you know turn three or if they Gemstone Cavern somehow like if they I've had I've had in the past a, a Rhinos player take the draw and then Gemstone Cavern on one, 
uh, you know, like pregame Jensen of Cavern, but um, you know, it's it's just it's just dodging the it's a Blood Moon matchup, so you just have to play around Blood Moon. That's it's basically it. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and then uh, so yeah, so I I two O him, uh, and then the following round, I think it was round, I think it was round five, right? Yeah, so round five, I yep. played against Toph Robinson. Uh, Toph was the person that uh, top-aided the Dallas RC with Blue Black Rogues. Um, they were playing uh, They were playing Jeskai Prowess. Um, and this was probably my sweetest match of the day. Um, both my teammates are done. My pioneer person, my pioneer player lost to Rona combo. My legacy player beat, uh, like show and tell sneak and show something like that. Um, and then me and Toph go to time, uh, and in game three of turns, uh, or in turn three of turns, I'm staring at my board. It is one dryad, uh, dryad of the Elysian Grove. It is one amulet of vigor, uh, uh, tapped Talaria West, uh, two tapped Microsynth Gardens, and a tapped Forest, because I just cast the uh, both those spells the turn before, and I had to, in that in my opponent's turn, I had to pitch a Endurance with my Summoner's Pack in my hand. So I looked down at my board, I'm hellbent, and I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm looking, and I'm like, I don't know if there's a way out of this game, or if there's a way I can win this game. I think my only draw is Simic Growth Chamber. And uh, I draw, I actually rip the Simic Growth Chamber off the top. I look at my card in my hand. Uh, my legacy player, Jonathan, to my left goes, um, I think you're good, right? And I'm like, I, th I was like, I think I win the game. Let's and go. so Austin to my right goes, how do you win the game? I was like, no, I, I, I really think I just win here. You're like, and watch and learn, bucko. Austin's like, Austin, yeah. Put your seatbelt like, on. I don't. He's like, I don't see it. I was like, all right, um, all right. Here's what I'm gonna do. Uh, so I copied the amulet with Microsynth Gardens with the forest. I copied the other. Uh, I copied the amulet again with the Microsynth Gardens with the Talaria West. I then play the Simic Grow Chamber, float six mana, uh, bounce the Simic Grow Chamber back to my hand, use my second land drop to play Simic Grow Chamber again, float six more, so I have twelve. I then bounce the Talaria West, transmute, go to nine, go grab Pact, Pact for Titan, cast Titan, three floating, uh, go get uh, Simic Grow Chamber, Talaria West again, float the mana, transmute, Pact, Pact for Titan, uh, then cast another Titan, get both haste lands, give all three of my creatures haste, or, you know, two plus two plus zero, oh, haste and vigilance. Then, then, then I attack with everything, get double Valakut, Vesuva, and I win the game. Who let him? In turn three of turns. It Cook. Was, it was really, really good. It was That's really cool hot. because a lot of people were standing around the match and watching, and a lot of people couldn't believe that I won the game by ripping just a semi-grow chamber off the top of my deck. Bro, shit uh, like that. So. Shit like that is what makes me want to play Titan. Like, just hearing those sick-ass lines, but, like, you have so many reps on that deck that, like... Yeah. Oh, I played the deck a lot. <laughs> uh, it's, definitely de it's definitely my favorite deck. Um, I am. I guess as you would, if I was an arena uh, avatar, I'd be Johnny Combo Player. I guess is that Hell what it's yeah. called? No, you'd be Primetime Baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, the deck's really good. Um, and then the next round, I played against Living End. Had a really close match where game three, I cast 
I had triple amulet in play, but only lands in my hand. I had five lands in my hand. And I ripped a Cultivator Colossus. I, I had just a four, or no, I had, yeah, no, I had five lands in hand. So I ripped uh, a Summoner's Pact, and I was like, okay, well, I can either Summoner's Pact for Titan here and try and win, even though I was there was a bunch of creatures on this side of the field. I can either try and go, go the Titan route, or I can go grab, grab Cultivator and just play a land and pass and go to two on my turn. So I, I basically pass back to my opponent. My opponent attacks, puts me to two on, uh, you know, with all of his creatures that are in play from Living End. I then, uh, I just played a land that turn just so I'd have a land in play so I could cast the Cultivator when yeah. I did it. So I then just untapped, drew, uh, I think I drew another land, and then I just put a land into play, cast Cultivator, uh, then just, I, I, I shit you not, I probably put 23 lands into play. That's um, so gross. And so you just and won just, the game. Yeah, I just floated a million mana at two life. Uh, I literally just had a million mana. Then I just went and got, um, I got so I used all four of my packs on that last turn. I basically transmuted for two of them and then drew another one. So I cast a Titan and then I cast two Dryads and then I cast another Titan and ended up just winning through Valakut. Um, wow. So I didn't have to attack, but. Yeah, Cultivator is really, really powerful if if the window is correct. Um, you know, a lot of times, like I've, I've had it happen where you cast Cultivator, put the trigger on the stack. Once you put the trigger on the stack uh, and you, uh, so like the ability resolves all at the same time. So you just have to put lands into play continuously and then the ability finalizes and then you do the, your own tap triggers. I've had it happen where I've put the trigger on the stack and somebody has Force of Vigor, two amulets which is, like, really bad for you. That's just bad. Like, you do get to draw some yeah. cards, but it doesn't do anything. So, like, you just have a, a decently-sized cultivator that dies to basically everything. So, um, you know, that's that's kind of brutal. But, um, yeah, so that was a good match. And then my last match was against Hammer. Uh, my last match against Hammer, I... Uh, game one, I just died to Hammer. I, I got turn... I think it was, like, turn three Ink Moth killed. Um, and then games two and three, game two, I had triple amulet and play again. I, so the consistency amount of you having multiple amulets in play with Microsense Gardens now is actually so impressive. Like it is very, very good, uh, especially when you can have the uh, multiple amulets in play. Um, and, and Microsense Gardens just speeds that process up a lot. Um, and so... Yeah, I think game two, I had multiple amulets in play, just killed them with Titans. And then game three, I cast an amulet. So I, I put, my turn one was Urza Saga amulet. Um, my opponent then goes, uh, end of turn, kill your amulet, like blow up your amulet. I'm like, crap, okay. And then he goes, um, blow up your Urza Saga on his, um, he blew, blows up my Urza Saga on his turn. So I'm like, okay, well, now I'm sitting here with basically nothing to do. He's got like an S percent in one play, I think. And I just continue to play lands, and he's just not killing me fast enough. And then finally, I just get to six mana and cast a Titan. And then the Titan just blocks a couple creatures, and I end up living at like five life or so. And then I end up 
uh, like having a dryad in play another turn later, and then I end up getting to a cultivator. And when I get to a cultivator, I already have a Valakut in play, so I just cast cultivator and put like seven or eight lands in play with Valakut triggers and kill them with the Valakut triggers. Wow. So the All Star of the weekend was definitely, definitely cultivator Colossus. It won me more games than probably any other card in my deck. Um, but also, I will shout out to the One Ring because that card is just insanely good. Uh, it got me out of a lot of games. I didn't really talk about it, but there was a lot of games where I just had to mulligan to like five or something and just like had a one ring in my hand and was able to just draw like two to three cards off of it you know, or like, excuse me, like one to three cards off of it. And, you know, it was just, that was just enough to get me over that hurdle of needing to, you know, um, you know, needing to get the, the actual card advantage that I needed to win the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And one of the living end games, I cast it when I was bet on board and I survived because of it. Wow. Um, so, that was that was really good um but yeah no uh i think that titan is very good moving forward i'm gonna go ahead and predict it now i think that it will be a, a decent showing at the pro tour later this month um i'm gonna go ahead and say it uh i think titan will show up a decent amount um i think the, the, i think it's just probably the most raw powerful thing you can be doing in modern and yeah yeah i can i can definitely see that yeah. like you just um, play on count like delighted halfling also really pushed that deck a lot in my opinion what uh delighted halfling push what deck the four color five color omnath decks oh yeah like uh, all delighted your, halfling's so good in those like, decks. All, I, like I, everything's uncounterable even your planeswalkers like it's gross and your one ring is uncounterable that like, too so. that's yeah yeah, and I mean it's it's just very good in general. Um, I think that there will be a lot of four color at the pro tour, but I also think there will be a decent amount of Titan that shows up too. I think Titan is a very good uh, deck against the rest of the field. They just have a, a kind of a weird four color matchup. But if you can if you can mold your sideboard to make sense against the four color matchups, then you should be fine. Okay. Well, shit. Yeah. Um, I think we ended up finishing twentieth. Which is crazy because we started out zero and two and then it finished at uh, six and two. Uh, I think it's six and two, eight rounds. Yeah, eight rounds, six and two. Uh, so that was pretty cool. We just kind of won out the rest of the day. If if we would have, if we would have not lost one of those early rounds, then we would have made top eight. Uh, had we won out the rest of the day like we did. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We were really close. One round, essentially one round away of not necessarily getting our nightmare matchups, and we would have, you know, top eight of the event, which would have been super sweet. Um, but yeah, no, it was a super fun event. NRG, I highly suggest it if you ever have uh, one of those tournaments anywhere near you. Um, the tournament ran very smoothly. Uh, the judges were great, except for. <laughs> <laughs> for I'm going to briefly talk about this. Okay. But, okay. Uh, so <laughs> in round five. Our pioneer player gets deck checked. Now, given there are some some judges there that are learning, okay? Of course. So yeah. in round five, after game, as they're going into game two, they get deck checked. Um, pioneer, pioneer, my pioneer teammate ends up losing. Then is de-sideboarding their deck, and realizes that there are four cards that he sideboarded in that are now in his sideboard and not in his deck. So he presented a fifty-six card deck instead okay. of presenting a 60 card deck because of the deck check 
because the judge took the cards out of his main deck and put them back in his sideboard, even though he sideboarded them in. So the judge essentially ruined the matchup because there were four cards that were really, really vital in the matchup. Um, So the four cards that were taken out were two unlicensed hearse, a go blank, and um, and a, another, it was like another type of discard or another type of like graveyard card or discard spell card, something like that. Um, against Rona combo, which is like, you know, a, a pretty decent, you know, you need all those cards to, to kind of hopefully win the game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, oh no, it was a pithing needle. That's what it was. Um, because the opponent was playing like, you know, Rona and tie bars and stuff like that. So, you know, obviously Pithing Needle is really good. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he looks in his he looks in his sideboard, and there are 19 cards in his sideboard, and there are 56 cards in his main deck. So he immediately calls a judge and says, hey, uh, when you guys did the deck check, the judge that did the deck check took four of my sideboarded cards out of the deck, so I presented 56 cards in game three. I don't know how we want to remedy this. I know my opponent has already won the game. He, my Pioneer player is also a judge, so he kind of knows, you know, kind of what would happen. Uh, but he was just trying to wonder. He just wanted to kind of bring it up so that it didn't happen again. Uh, and then the judge kind of pulled us aside after the round, and basically that's the round that I won in turn three of turns. Um, that you know it was kind of like he pulled us aside and he apologized to all three of us and said you know uh, you know how how sorry he was and things like that. And we we're you know we think things happen. It's okay. Uh, we later found out that if we would have lost that match, the judges would have gave us both a bye um so okay. we both would have won so it would have been remedied that way uh okay. but luckily we won the game so it didn't really matter yeah um so yeah um yeah that was like the only hiccup really throughout the day other than that uh nrg tournaments are great i'm not gonna lie they're all pretty close to me and i i plan on going to more for sure um do you know when the next one so, is i think the next one is in detroit uh the third week of august i wonder how far I away think. that is from me Detroit, it's a long way. Detroit's like 13 hours from you, I think. Something gotcha. like that. It's it, So you're six and a half from me. Um, so you're six and a half from me, and then it's about five and a half to six hours from me. So, yeah, you're about 12 to 13 hours, uh, you know, out. Obviously, you don't have to technically drive the six and a half to Nashville, and then we would go. Uh, but, uh, you know, at the same time, it is a really long way for you. Would you so. fly? Would you fly there? No, I would drive. Um, it, it's 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 it. So my range is about eight hours. Like, yeah, I I'm willing to drive up to about eight hours for a tournament like that. Um, but I'm not probably gonna go over eight to ten hours at most. And now the only reason I'll go ten hours is if I'm in a car full of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. realistically, a flight to Detroit right now for like August, it's like two hundred bucks, which isn't yeah, so it's not terrible. terrible. But you also have to think like if you do win the tournament, you're not you're you're not really making too much money, I guess. Like the ten K on Saturday, the winner only ends up getting like three or four K or something like that. I think it's like three K. So if you think about it, like, is it worth it to do that? Maybe. Mm. Uh, you know. It that's if you win the tournament. If you don't win the tournament, then you're basically just paying for a fun weekend. Yep. So, yeah, exactly. You know, that's yeah. that's the only that's the only thing you're doing. So uh, but I do encourage everybody to go to NRG tournaments. I think they're awesome. They're ran great. People are great. Vendors are great. Um, 
all that stuff was 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 awesome. Um, they had food at the place at the convention center. Um, the convention center was sweet. We stayed in the hotel right next to it, so we got to walk there every morning. Um, they had multiple restaurants around the convention center, so we could basically we parked at the hotel and didn't go anywhere. We just walked everywhere, uh, which was really convenient. Um, and yeah, so I definitely suggest people going to our the our NRG series tournaments if you have one anywhere close to you locally. Oh yeah, man. That sounds that sounds fun. Yeah. Hopefully I'll be able to go to one here soon. Yeah, there's a there's one in Chicago in November, I think, or September. Um they have them all the way up and they have them once a month all the way until December cuz December is like the championship. So if you have like an at large bid or if you've won one of the trials, then you get to go to like the 25k tournament or 30k tournament or whatever it is um but another thing that i really admire about nrg2 is that they stream it every weekend that they have it so you can always go to um twitch.tv backslash nrg series and you can see i believe all their past vods all they and they have like every all their productions really well put together they have like time lock matches they film two matches at the same time and so there's never really any downtime as far as, um, you know, the matches go. So it's definitely very well put together. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna try to make it out to one this year. Hopefully a team event if possible, so we can squad up. Yeah, I don't know if they have any team events left. I think they have one team, like 5K team event on a Sunday, and not like the the big trial on the, Saturday. Yeah um but yeah i think that one's in like november oh there's a there's a serious showdown on august to team yeah that's the sunday one 27 yeah i think that's in detroit oh no yeah yeah no this one already happened sorry i'm looking at previous events yeah that's that's the one that just happened this past weekend i believe um but yeah and then they had a legacy 5k on sunday where um a uh, local friend of mine, Garrison Foe, uh, got second place. It was his first real major legacy tournament, and he ended up getting second. Um, Shout Garrison out. is pretty well known because he's an L2 um, that is basically judged at all the RCs, things like that, a lot of major tournaments. Um, and he's a very knowledgeable L2. I honestly think he could probably be an L3. Uh, if you really tried, uh, but yeah, cool dude, awesome guy, super happy for him to get second place. He he kind of got nightmare matchup in the finals against Mono Black Combo, but you know, hey, what can you do? And then my teammate from the day previously, I think, believe finished twelfth. He lost his last two round, or you know, he lost the two. Basically, he lo- lost the two rounds before his last round. So he went six and two, I think, and finished in twelfth. So uh, he was very close to making top eight. Yeah, that's a super good run for both of so, them. Yeah, no, it was really cool. Um, I really like where the leg- the legacy format is right now. It's really unfortunate that Wizards is moving away from supporting it, but hey, what can you do? Wizards isn't making money on legacy; they're making money on Arena and Standard and Pioneer and all these other product things that they're putting out. So, yeah. of course, they're not going to support the legacy format. Why would they? Exactly. That doesn't make any sense. No, I agree. I agree. 
Well, I don't want to agree, but it's just <laughs> no. I agree that it fucking <laughs> sucks. Cause I was I was thinking the same thing actually a few months ago. I was looking through legacy decks. I'm like, all these decks look really fun to play. Like eight cast looks like a blast. Like Delver looks fun. Shadow looks fun. Painter yeah. looks fun. Cephalid Breakfast looks sick. Yeah, like, all the I think I think the legacy format's really cool right now. I think that it is. Uh, I didn't end up playing on Sunday. I could have. I had the opportunity. Somebody was willing to loan me a deck. Um, I didn't bring mine, so somebody was willing to loan me a deck, and I told him no, just because uh, you know we wanted to get back into Nashville at a decent time, not super late. So I, yeah, you know, I was just like, you know, I'll I'll pass. But um, I kind of regret it. I did wish I did play on Sunday, but um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but no, the legacy format I think looks really cool right now. I think that there's a lot of decks that you can win with. It's very diverse. Um, obviously, the legacy format in general is, um, you know, it's it's still legacy. Like it's the most powerful cards you can be playing in the format. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's one of those things where, you know, you have to be prepared to play against all these really, uh, really powerful decks and have to make very very important micro decisions um so yeah no but it's definitely a really fun format i wish they would support it more but hey what it is what it is true true maybe something will change but i mean i'm not crossing my fingers or anything yeah um i will say that uh just like modern orcish bowmasters is all over legacy yes <laughs> kurt's very good uh, crazy yeah, I know. It's crazy that a, a Brainstorm format has a card that uh, punishes people that play Brainstorm. Wild. That people would actually play it. That's crazy, right? Yeah, with Flash, and it's two mana. Exactly. No, that card's really Isn't that solid. crazy? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, it's oh, very, very good. Before I forget, um, talking on Arc Orcish Bowmasters, whenever I think of that card, I think of the One Ring. So, yeah. you told me you ran into a very, like, like weird interaction with the one ring and how oh. it, its effect works yes so the judges are treating it just the same way as um they're treating it just the same way as essentially prowess triggers right so mm -hmm. the protection trigger is technically an invisible trigger uh meaning that it doesn't need to be acknowledged uh until it would essentially affect the board state so when you are playing in a comp REL event, if, for instance, you cast the One Ring and don't acknowledge that you have protection, and then your opponent attacks, let's just say attacks you for four, and you take the damage, and then realize after you took the damage that you had protection, uh, they will treat it as you missed a trigger. Uh, because the protection, uh, you getting protection from the One Ring, or with the One Ring, I guess, uh, is a triggered ability that you have to remember. So, if you're listening to this podcast and you are planning on playing the One Ring, when you put the run One Ring into play, you should definitely mention that you have protection from everything. Uh, it's definitely a very, very vital part, especially if someone is, you know, if someone will call you on it. Um, it's definitely one of those things where so you it, go ahead. I'm sorry, if, but if it works like prowess triggers, and let's say you play the One Ring, right? 
Yes. If if they're doing it like prowess triggers, then that means that you don't necessarily have to announce so you have protection from everything until it's relevant. So correct. So yeah, in theory. Exactly so yeah. So in theory, quote unquote, you could abuse this, you know, but it's not technically abusing it because it's it's legal to do that. Because it's funny that you actually brought that up, brought this up because we actually ran some prowess stuff this weekend. Um, that I'll bring up here in a second but could you just not let your opponent just swing into you and then say i have protection from everything you could so technically your opponent can still attack you even though you do have protection from everything correct so so in theory you don't like that would be the thing to do if you're trying to get a competitive edge right what do you mean like you just, what, just let your opponent attack yeah just play your card you know since the way they're ruling is you don't have to announce that you have protection from everything. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the way if you're gonna play competitively and you're going to try, I guess this would be, I guess if you would consider it some form of angle shooting. Um, okay. But it's it, it would again it works similar to prowess. So like if I have a monastery swift spear in play and I cast three spells uh, and then I attack and I say okay you take four, then. I'm acknowledging then that the prowess triggers happened, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, so that that's when it's relevant is when damage is dealt. So mm -hmm. it's the same way with the one ring. So if your opponent, uh, you know, does this and they attack and you say, for instance, no blocks or whatever, and then you and then they say, okay, damage. You say, well, I have protection from everything. Exactly. And they go, okay. And then you just basically they just have a bunch of tapped creatures and you can do whatever you need to. Exactly. Um, okay. But that is on your opponent to understand that. Obviously, the one ring was put into play the following or the last turn, and you do have protection from everything. Exactly. So, yes, it could probably be used as a form of angle shooting. I all weekend announced my protection trigger for sure, um, and a judge actually complimented on me or complimented me for it. Um, they said thank you for announcing all of your protection triggers. I said you're welcome. I was like just kind of no known. Um, it's like I, ever since I started playing Titan, I have constantly basically announced every single trigger in the deck because i don't want anybody to think that i am missing them exactly. especially like amulet triggers or bounce triggers anything like that so for sure um i've definitely gotten used to doing that so so do you think so what what is your opinion on that on... do you think they should make inherent rules to protect players from that type of angle shooting because i mean no in theory it doesn't like it's not illegal to not announce that you have protection from everything right Correct. It's not illegal to just say Castle One Ring, right? Yeah. So, do you think that? So, would you look down on a player for playing the One Ring, not announcing that they have protection from everything until their opponent goes to combat, says damage, and they're like, "I have protection from everything." I mean, that's I. I feel like if you're in a comp Ariel event and your opponent does that, then it's kind of on your opponent personally. Okay. Yep. Uh, just because. At by the time this is going to become relevant, someone is going to you know, the people that are playing the format that has the one ring in it are going to know, you know, or they should at least. Yes. And if they don't, then I feel like that's kind of a down a downfall of them, not necessarily a downfall of me. Now, will I announce it when it comes into play? Yes. Well, if they forget it, that's on them. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit there and say, oh, don't attack me. You, I have protection from everything. You know, I'm not gonna correct my opponent when it comes to that. That's their own play mistake. Of course, um, but I'm talking if a player doesn't announce that they have protection from everything. Yeah, but I'm gonna notice it. You like, are. I'm gonna. 
I'm going to automatically assume, right? Um, if the if, I'll say this. If the ring has one or more counters on it, I am going to know that they no longer have protection. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Because my, um, my whole thought process is... Um, so if I see my opponent play the one ring, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's tech, if it is, it is a trigger you can miss, correct? What? The, you have protection from everything. Is that something you can legally miss? No, it's just like prowess. You cannot miss it until it becomes relevant. Okay, so see that, and this is like kind of the weird part because I guess it's on both players actually to, to keep track of prowess trigger so i'm assuming the same thing would would happen with the one ring yes that's that's sort of that's sort of like the weird part for me because let's say you know let's say i'm the person that's going against the one ring and my opponent doesn't announce that they have protection from everything right there i think it would be on me to be like hey you, okay, you do have protection from everything, right? Like, that is... Because I'm also not going to be under the premise of... Um, or I'm, I'm not going to be the one that's going to be like, oh, maybe they forgot uh, they have protection from everything, so I can just swing in here, and, and hopefully they just miss it, right? So it's like... I feel like it'd be shitty on... Ugh, I don't know, man. That's so... I don't think such, so. so. That's such uh, a weird I'm, thing. Like, that I'm, is so awkward. No, I'm on the firm plan of, like... Uh, I mean... First off, you're not probably attacking unless your creatures are bigger than theirs, right? Of course. Um, it's probably not going to happen. So, mm-hmm. or they if have an empty are board. bigger than theirs. Yeah, if they have an empty board and yeah. you attack and they take the damage, like that again. You think that's on them? They, that's on them. Okay. Like, okay. I'm, I'm. It's, it's just basically the same thing as Chalice checking somebody in Legacy, right? Fair. I think it's the same thing. Okay. So okay. if your opponent has a, a Chalice in play on one and you cast a Brainstorm and they let yeah, the Brainstorm jam- resolve, yeah, that's on you. I'm jamming like... the Brainstorm. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Okay. It's you know that's that's on them. If they notice it afterwards and like they go, oh, well you weren't allowed to cast the brainstorm. Well, you miss your trigger. Like that's not me. Yeah. I'm not supposed to be. I, I'm your opponent. I'm not supposed to be in charge of your triggers. Um, yeah. yeah. So, okay. you know, that's that's how I feel about this this whole situation with Fair enough. with that. So. No, um, I I see. I I agree. Uh, I agree to to a degree because I I definitely want Comp Ariel to be as tight as it was you know like a couple years well, ago because now be you as can't competitive even... as possible right exactly like that's, i agree yes. that's the goal a thousand because they they i mean wizards oh i guess no not wizards but like judge academy essentially has been taking away player responsibility. or like the rules yeah it's essentially taking away player responsibility in the sense of like you're you can still make mistakes and be fine with like making the mistakes, right? Yeah, because you like you can actually, take back spells now. You can miss your pack triggers in yep. your upkeep and still pay for them. You, you're like, actually you're actually rewarded in some of these scenarios, like the day and night thing that happened to you, the day and yep. night thing that happened to Cameron this weekend, like, yeah. like, and I I just think it's it's really comical that some players d- completely blank and forget their night and day triggers. They forget all this crap until the second that it becomes relevant and then once the second it becomes relevant and you've been playing this whole game you know a certain way because of the way the board states represented and you know and all this yeah you know and i'm gonna be honest with you like if i'm the day if i'm going against the day and night player like i it's that's not on my mind like i am not i'm not the one that's thinking the whole time like oh is it day is it dying like 
you Correct. know, like I, that is not in the four, like that, that's not in the, in the front well, of my brain. Like, I'm just I'm not thinking about you, that. I think the day naughty mechanic is like really, I, I think it was a bad mechanic that they made. I think they should have just made it like they did the old, uh, flip cards back in the day yeah. where it was, it checked on your upkeep. Yes. Rather than it being like a static thing that happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A static thing that just happens and it sits out in the ether and just chills. Like I, yeah. I don't like that. I liked that it would it would just trigger in your upkeep to say if there was two spells cast last turn, then you flip this thing. Rather than saying if you know if you cast no spells or if you cast this spells, then it flips the day or flips the night. Like there's no like actual sequence where it says this has to happen at this point in the game, as opposed to it saying it happens after this thing happens. Right? Yeah. Like that's the annoying part to me. The the. Um, the I think the worst part of it all is that it feels like you have to hold your opponent's hand in in, in some of these scenarios, right? Because yeah. it's also your job now to keep track of day and night. But honestly, like I, I don't think a lot of players tend to remember about the the day and night and two spells were cast. Like it's something very easy to miss. So yes. for for the player, especially if you don't have the token. Exactly, exactly. And, and Which most for, players don't. No, they do not. And and for the people, and for the person that does have the day and night cards, and when it benefits them, they're like, oh, crap, it's supposed to be night. You're supposed to take three from my flipped, uh, whatchamacallit. Like, yeah, there's your flipped werewolf, dude. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, okay, I guess it's relevant now, and I have to take the three because I targeted this creature with, with a spell. It's yeah. like, that's... I don't know. That's kind of crazy to me that, that that's the way that it works. Like, now I feel like if it sh- if it was missed, it should be missed, uh, and you should not be able to reverse back to a point where it was not missed. Uh, but nowadays, you are uh, the the rules are on your side in the sense of you can miss things and still go back and fix those things as long as not too much has progressed throughout a game, which is I think the worst part that's happened because it doesn't allow for human error anymore. Exactly. Like it doesn't allow for humans to make the inherent mistakes of, oops, I did this. I got punished for it. Now they're just, oops, I did this. Hey judge, can I go back? Exactly. That's, that's the worst part because I grew up in a time in magic where you made those mistakes and you had to learn punished. And that's how you learned. Correct. And that's what I wish magic would go back to rather than it being a, oops. Yeah, we can turn this back. You know, like, yeah. I, I don't personally like it. I get it. New players, you know, it, it happens. I completely understand. But when you're playing at the highest level, like, when I say highest level, you're talking about, like, RC, Pro Tour, mm-hmm. RCQs, like, those those types of tournaments. Yeah. Or, or legacy tournaments. Like, you should be knowing what you're, what is going on at all times. Otherwise, you shouldn't be there. I agree. And like, I, I personally feel that... I wouldn't be the player that I am today if it wasn't for me completely punting games by missing a simple trigger or something like that that would have won me the game and making that sad drive home, just beating myself up, thinking about what if I what if I didn't miss that trigger? Like, yep. that's how you learn. Yep. And sure, like, yeah, it sounds a little bit harsh, but that's how you become better is by getting punished. Like, the same concept is applied to every other game in the world fighting games oh you fucked up your combo now you're getting whiff punished and you're losing half your health bar get better try 
trial by fire <laughs> exactly like you're, like you're getting smoked like it, that's the only way to get better and yeah. i feel like and, and it also makes the player base somewhat not toxic not venomous i guess that's not the right word but now if i see my opponent not pay for their pact i'm not saying shit until they tap all their lands and they play their spells then like then you can call a judge and be like hey my opponent didn't pay for their pact Yes. Like, I mean, do you see what I'm saying? And that's where that's where you can kind of angle shoot people, and that's where I don't like the, I don't like why some of these things are. You can back them up now. Exactly. Because if you, for instance, if so, my thing is, is that after I missed my first like two pack triggers and died to them playing amulet, you know, I don't one. think in the last four years I've missed a single pack trigger. No, like, I have always paid for it my upkeep. I have, I have always done it right mm-hmm. because whenever you used to move through your upkeep and not pay for your pact you used to lose the game on the spot there was exactly. no if ands or buts about it there was no hey opponent would you like to put it on the stack there was no oh yeah we can back this up put it back in your upkeep you're only in your draw step or whatever it wasn't anything like that it was if you didn't pay for it you lost the game they're like did the you spot. draw a card and you're like yeah I drew for turn. you lost the game correct like and that's how it used to be yeah and you're like oh well shit Scoop them up, even yep. though I was winning this turn or whatever. And, you know, and, like... and the look on people's face when you saw them, like, pick up the top card of their deck and they looked at it and they immediately put it down like, fuck, I didn't pay for Pact. And you're like, well, you kind of already looked at the top card of your deck. like Correct. And then you call a judge. They exactly. say, did you look at the top card? They say yes. And then they go, okay, well, then you lose the game because you never paid yeah. for Pact. Exactly. That and means it's you like... clearly moved phases. And, and, and that goes back to the whole holding my opponent's hand thing. Like, I don't – I don't know if – if you're supposed to remind your opponent to pay for Pact, because it's their trigger, right? I think the only way that it's relevant is in certain situations, right? Because, yeah, like, I have read so many comments of people just saying, like, yeah, I'm just not going to remind my opponent to pay for Pact until they have all their lands tapped. Or they cast a spell and then they physically cannot pay for the Pact. Because they immediately, the way it works is that they immediately put the pack trigger on the stack once you catch it. And if they Correct. can't pay for it, then they lose the game. So Correct. it's like, is that it, like, is that the direction they want to go where now you have all these players just being like, okay, well, I'm not just, I'm not going to say anything until it's beneficial to me. Correct. No, that's where the, that's where it's going to go. So like, and there's nothing you can do to prevent it. Exactly. And, and then it's like, okay, well now you're dealing with the whole dilemma of, now that player is the shitty but, person for for doing it that way, right? Like, a counter to your argument, though, at the same time is – or I don't even think it's an argument technically. It's just a statement. But it, the, a counter to that is the opponent shouldn't have missed the pack trigger in the first place. That is true. That's uh, that's where it goes down to. Like, you know, and if they end up losing to it because they cast a spell and, you know, resolve the spell after they should have paid for their pact and they can no longer do that then that is on them and that will be their learning moment not the not the one in their upkeep where they die and lose the game it'll be the one in their main phase after they cast a spell and it resolves where they got they angle shot game. like yeah but again it's like i mean technically i mean it is angle shooting but it's not because it would be the same scenario whether you cast a spell in your main phase and it resolved or if you just skipped past your upkeep i mean it's the same thing yeah it's just a different part of the game yeah yeah that's fair so it's a yeah. di- it's a different part of your turn so yeah, and it's is like, it angle shooting? 
maybe because it can be argued that you could tell your opponent in their upkeep to pay for their pact, but again, it's not yours to it's not your opponent's job to tell you when your pack trigger goes on the stack or when your chalice trigger goes on the stack or yeah. And you know, and, uh, and if you should take a card off suspend or whatever it is, you know, like yeah, and you you could like also that. you could also flip that and say you know that the opponent with the pack trigger could be trying to cheat and not pay for the pact and you know like correct no yeah i completely agree like it can but totally then, just be like double-sided so it's like yeah i think I they should just make it the way it used to be where people aren't questioning like oh is this person trying to cheat me by not paying for their pact and then you have the other guy that's like well i'm just gonna wait for them to do their thing and then when they can't pay for pact then i'll call the judge it's like yeah. it, it's just weird now like now we're like in this weird like middle ground where you know you're supposed to remind your opponent of their triggers at all times and it's like i don't know it's just it's not only do you have to keep up with your game plan and your strategy but you also have to like keep track of what your opponent's doing and then remind them if they miss anything it's just i don't know i like i want to play my game you play yours you know like why should it be on other people to keep track of of, of your triggers like i don't know it's just very weird. <laughs> that's fair it's just so weird but yeah no I, it's it's pretty crazy i do want to mention one thing real quick mm -hmm. uh back talk about legacy real real fast since yeah. we're kind of on it i want to shout out to garrison the guy that made second in that tournament again for having the 75th card uh where he didn't know what to play the palantir of orthonk in which i saw him lock his opponent out <laughs> and kill his opponent with Palantir of Orthonk. Hold on, let me read this fucking card. <laughs> Hold on, oh, it's the fucking orb. Yeah, it's yeah. Three man at the beginning of your set, put an influence counter on Palantir of Orthonk and scry two. Then target opponent may have may have you draw a card. If that player doesn't, you mill X card to where X is the number of influence counters on Palantir, and that player loses life equal to the total mana value of those cards. Yes, How did I saw him kill an opponent. Oh my huh? god! He flipped. He flipped Force of Wills. Uh, and killed his one. That's disgusting. <laughs> yep. It was pretty oh sweet. Not gonna God. lie. That is pretty dope. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah, I think he flipped a... I think, he, I think his flip was like Force of Will, uh, uh, Street Wraith, and like domed them for 10 or something like that. And just won the game. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was really cool. That does sound dope. Well, that's so sick. Um, but yeah, yeah I guess that was our, our little mini rant on yeah. the current state of competitive magic. And I don't know. I mean, all things considered, we shouldn't really complain. Just little nitpicky stuff, but. Oh, I'm not complaining. I think it's fine. I but... think it's fine, too. It's just, you know, it's not what it used to be, like competitive wise. But the the player base has gone a lot better, so um, yeah, that's something else to something else that is good. So those situations don't necessarily happen too often, you know. Mm -hmm. I guess it's just the way you look at it. But um, speaking of you know competitive players, we do have an RCQ next weekend. Um, uh, is it this? It's not this. Not this weekend. weekend. It's the twenty second. Twenty second. Yeah. So not this upcoming weekend, but the next. I think it's the next one. Yep. I don't think I have anything in between there either. I don't either. Um, no, because I think, yeah, I have a friend coming into town this weekend. So, um, 
my 715. I could go three hours to Card Monster and play, but uh, I will have a friend in town. John is coming into town, so. Shout out. Yeah. No, but yeah. Um, We're going to be at McNard Gaming in Goshen, Mississippi. We're going to be playing good old Pioneer. Um, So we got a little bit of testing to do before then, so we will probably update you guys on what we've been testing uh this we're going to be testing this whole week and then on next week's episode episode 17 uh we're kind of gonna go over what we've been testing and what we're feeling for that weekend and hopefully have a deck locked in by then so what are you gonna play i don't know yet it's a very good question i i really want to test spirits i think spirits is very good in our meta um spirits huh i just haven't had the access to the deck but i think blue white spirits is looking solid just buy it it's like 150 yeah, it's, bucks it's fucking dirt cheap it's you really already have half expensive. the stuff for it i do that is true i do you have just need to buy days. all the crappy cards <laughs> very true or um racto sacrifice i think this is the the yep. two decks that i really 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 it's really want funny to because both because racto sacrifice destroys spirits really i mean really I haven't played the matchup, so I, I can't. Yeah, I'm Rack surprised. Sacrifice though. destroys spirits. Oh yeah, they play fucking mayhem devil, dude. They just ba ba ba. They just nuke their board every single time. Fatal pusher lord, bending fucking just uh, machine. Steal gun. your thing, sack your thing. Oh. All yeah. their creatures are three or less, so. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> claim the firstborn grabs every creature in their deck. Give me that. Throw it in the oven. That's right. <laughs> Fired um, up the cannon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, the, those are the decks that I want to test this week. And what, what do you want to test this week? Uh, I I think I meant just end up playing mono green. Uh, I think it's just the best deck. Uh, if I don't play mono green, um, uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna play some fire, some heat, some. I'm probably gonna play some Karuga. Ooh. To be honest. Literally playing play fire. Some, yeah, I think I'm gonna play some Kruger Fires if I don't play Mono Green. So, yeah, should be fun. I think that uh, down in that area, there's a lot of aggro decks, and if there's not a lot of aggro decks, there's a decent amount of Mono Green. I think Kruger Fires has an okay Mono Green match. It's not terrible. It's not great, uh, but packing four temporary lockdowns in a aggro match or an aggro meta um seems like a good idea and also you can just go over the top of them with uh coma and um you know coma and other other giant creatures age of treacheries you know stuff like that so yeah no i totally agree man so yeah. we got, we got a lot of testing to do and uh yeah, I'm just be playing Legacy. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> good choice, good choice. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I'll probably play a little bit of Pioneer. I'll probably play a couple leagues before the weekend. But I'm also gonna be driving down there. I think on Thursday. So okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so all right, that or uh, I might drive down Wednesday night. Like get off work and drive the six and a half hours, seven hours, or whatever uh you know kind of at night when there's nobody on the road yeah. just because there's gonna be less traffic stuff like that you know just take a couple energy drinks with me and and smash it just bang it out yeah yeah exactly so we'll see how it goes but yeah 
should be down there. I think I, I took off like five days, six days, five days. So I think I'll be down there like thir- basically Thursday through Wednesday. Yeah, Thursday through no. Uh, when I say took off five days, I mean like the Wednesday weekend too, because we have like okay, I, okay. I, so, so I was technically supposed to work that weekend, but um, so Monday ish, Tuesday. Yeah, I'll probably come back up to Nashville Monday. Okay. So I'll probably leave like middle of the day Monday or something and head back up. So I'll be down like probably Thursday to Monday or something. Okay. That's not bad, man. Looking forward to yeah. seeing you again. Spend uh, a little minute. Yep. Get um, to hang out with my fam, too, so that'd be fun. That is true. Oh, but yeah, looking oh, yeah. forward to that. Is there and anything else? we'll go else? to the casino. Oh, dude, no, you can't do that to me. <laughs> no, dude. No, no, Why no, not? No, man. <laughs> yeah, we'll go to the casino, dude. We'll, oh, we'll go. All right, I'll we'll save tear up, it up a little bit. I'll save a little bit. Yeah, just, just 200 bucks. What, this is what we'll do. We'll get $200 bills, right? Uh-huh. And we'll go. We'll, we will leave everything else in the car except for our ID and two hundred dollars. Right? Deal. And then, and then when we when we leave everything else in the car, we go to the poker room. We put down two hundred dollars. If we lose, we lose. If we win, we win. But you don't get to get any more than two hundred dollars. You know, I'm happy with it. That sounds like a perfect plan. I love that. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Just because that ATM. That ATM is calling my name, dog. <laughs> you bust out, bro. That ATM's like, come here, dude. That meme is so funny. It's it's <laughs> true was, though. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, nothing. Just uh, just hanging out. It's true. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> just hanging out. <laughs> bro, I mean, bro, the casino, dude. When you're in happen. the casino, the ATM has like a spell, dude. It it's really like, does. It like it like protrudes an aura that you're like drawn to. Bro, it's I like uh, it's like that spell in Harry Potter when uh, when that chick makes Ron fall in love with her. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the, bro. That's the ATM uh-huh. in the casino, dude. Dude, it's like a <laughs> giant fucking light, and we're moths. It's so <laughs> dis- dude, and it's got like that big ass sign in the front of it that says "Gamble responsibly." Uh, you know, don't take, don't spend money you can't lose, and all this shit. And you're just like, uh huh, yep, uh huh. Take out five hundred. You skip uh-huh. right past that yeah, shit. Yeah, dude, nobody reads that shit. <laughs> Oh my god! Or hear me out. We could do this, right? Uh huh. We could take two fifty, right? Take two fifty. You have a hundred and fifty for poker, and you take. We both take a hundred and we put it on black. Right when we walk in the casino, if we win, we put the two hundred dollars back. The two hundred dollars that we won right there back in our pocket, and we take the hundred fifty to what's my call to the poker deal. You know, something like that. You promise we're doing that. (laughs) We're gonna go play I mean, poker. I'm not gonna promise it. I might, cause I have a friend's birthday party on Saturday, so I may or it, it depends. Like, I may or may not be able to do it, just cause like, it's. I mean, I'm gonna be hanging out with my family and stuff. Yeah. But course. if I can make the time to go do it, I'm down. Let's do it. Let's. All right. All right. Deal. I would love to play some poker with the boy. Yeah, it'd be fun. That would be fun. Yeah, some guy that was at the the NRG tournament almost convinced me to go play when we were up there. <laughs> Bro, that would have been so lit. <laughs> I was like, nah, I can't leave my teammates at the hotel room by themselves. Bro, I would have been like, gotta go. Fucking all in that seven deuce, dude. No, it should be fun. Yeah. No, but yeah, pretty good episode. Is there anything else you want to cover before we go ahead and close it out? Nope. If you have a if you have a tournament this weekend, good luck. Uh, 
And if you have a modern tournament this weekend, I suggest you play Amulet Titan because it's the best deck in the format. Facts. Spitting. You heard it here, folks. Uh, good old B-Money. Just play Titan. It's the best deck. Um, but yeah, uh, if you guys could do us all a favor and leave a like and a review on today's episode, we would greatly appreciate it. Also, go show us some love on Twitter at team underscore metamorph. And if you have any suggestions, make sure you let us know there. And yeah, if you guys are going to be attending the RCQ at MacNarb Gaming, uh, make sure to stop by, say hey. Um, I know probably not a lot of you are even close to Gaucher, but um, yeah. If you're playing in any RCQs or any big events, good luck to you. And we will see you guys in next week's episode. Good night, everybody. Peace.